0: You you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. stop. Get ready to podcast. <laughs> hey everybody matt michaels here with sin city steve vegas fat boys podcasting and as you can see uh it is a couple members short today because well happy mother's day steve
1: right exactly (laughs) so we
0: we hope all you mothers out there are tuning in we know most of our listeners and watchers are mothers in some form of another uh could be a different term for mothers, but uh, you know, we got a good group of you guys watching tonight and uh, glad you tuned in. And we are right hot off the heels of WWE's premier premium live event, WrestleMania Backlash. And uh, we're going to get into uh, Backlash. Uh, but, Steve, before we get into the start of the card, let me tell you the pre show, there was no matches, surprisingly, this time. Um, But we caught a uh, a nice little backstage interview with Paul Heyman and the Usos uh, in which Paul Heyman uh, did wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. And um, he wished it to Roman's mom, to the Usos mom. And then when he was asked about the other three guys in the match, uh, Paul uh, said uh, he didn't mention those mothers because, obviously, Randy and Riddle's mom failed as a mother. And uh, for Drew, who he didn't mention at all, Paul said, and he changed his voice to a softer concern tone. And he said that Drew named his sword after his mother. And that's a whole different matter that needs to be addressed It was hysterical because the Usos had to bite their freaking lips because of the fact that they were uh, about to crack up because I don't think Mm -hmm. they saw that coming. So, again, a nice little thing for, um, you know, backstage segment leading up into the show. And, man, we kick it off with that classic right there, Cody Rhodes, and uh, he defeats Seth Rollins. What do you think,
1: man? Dude, uh, I'll go ahead and I'll say it. I thought that this match was actually better than their Mania match. Um, Same. I, uh, I, I thought that, yeah, they built it extremely well. Um, and quite frankly, I'm happy that they didn't do the 50-50 booking bullshit. I'm yeah. happy that, you know, they added another bit of nuance and obviously had Cody hook the tights um, and, you know, out-cheat the cheater to win the match. Um, so that was, that was really creative finish there. Um, very, very solid match. Uh, I, I knew that when this match was going on first, that, that, that it was going to essentially be in a main event type of a slot. And, uh, these guys, man, they, uh, (laughs) they didn't make things too easy for what followed. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, uh, first of all, the crowd was hot for both guys. Oh, yeah, which was great to see Um, what they've established with both of them is you've taken Seth, who is arguably one of the best workers that they've had uh, maybe in the history of the company. Right. And Cody, up, who, bro. you know, made his uh, start in the WWE, made his name in helping form AEW got so much heat over there after, you know, Really, kind of what was just awkward booking with him, a uh, reluctancy to go heal. Um, you know, there was so much that I think the overexposure is what the fans felt. Coming back into the WWE, it, he looks like a different animal. It's oh, unreal yeah. how the environment is is definitely uh, you know shaping him up to be an even bigger star in the business. And there are a couple things um, when Cody had the superplex. And Seth posts himself fully up so his legs are fully straight before Cody goes with the suplex. That was unreal. It shows uh-huh. like how much stronger Cody's gotten. Um, also that Cody cutter, what a I love it because it's an homage to DDP, you know. Yeah. It it's something that obviously Paige, you know, kind of signed off on just like, hey brother, why don't you use that? It looks so good. Um and seth suplex, the superplex that he gave Cody um, and then he put it down into the crossroads. Um, but Seth's leg was on the ropes for the, the three count. I mean, again, great stuff. The the storytelling was wonderful. Uh, when he kicked out of the pedigree, when Cody kicked out of that, um, you know, it looked like that was the moment. It looked like that was the moment he was going to lose. And you thought they would play the 50, 50 booking right there. Yeah, uh, And then Seth, kicking Cody with those baby kicks and saying you can't lace my boots. I thought that was wonderful. Uh and then going right into the dusty punches, right into mm-hmm. Cody's face. Again, uh but like you said, the handful of tights for a baby face win, it not only uh you know shows that they're not doing the the utilization of the the 50-50 booking, but they're really kind of keeping um almost a gray shade on Cody because he's not a true baby face. And I think this is the difference between what was happening in AEW and what's happening with with him here is this willingness to have a little heel edge because I can't tell if these two are going to have another match or if they're going to form a tag team. So very good stuff to start out the show and uh then it leads us
1: right into this.
0: <laughs> How were your nachos, brother? Because mine were pretty good at that point. bro,
1: it yeah, it was it was definitely uh refreshment time. I I uh man, I'll tell you it, and so here's the thing. if nothing else, you just have to to at least say that they're attempting to do something with Omos. Um, I mean, realistically, they, they put a mouthpiece with him. They've now given him a signature victory over a very credible opponent um, on pay-per-view. So, you know, they are strapping the rocket to this guy. Let's see what actually happens. And, you know, there, there have been people that, we all have thought we're not ready to get a, a decent sized push. And then, uh, you know, they get that push and then they show us stuff we've never seen before. Um, I'm sure as shit hoping that Omas does something similar. Um, I'm not, I'm not optimistic by any means, but I mean, you know, this is the direction they're going. I well, guess.
0: And, and you kept, you know, you kept it um <laughs> where, Bobby Lashley remains the sympathetic babyface. Right. That was important by having the MVP interference to cost him the match. Um, listen, uh, you know, I think the bigger problem is that when you put two giant guys together like that, there's always going to, and Bobby's not the most, uh, he's not the most uh, flexible of big men, you know? He's not an Undertaker type. He's a very yeah. muscular type. So, His work is very um, clunky as compared to, you know, a a guy like an undertaker or a bigger guy who can move a little more fluid. And Omas is still greener than shit. Let's face it. He's got a great look and everything, but um, you know, the, the, the question is, is he potentially the great Khalid, but you know, maybe a little more athletic, uh, can speak a little better English maybe, <laughs> or is, is he essentially uh giant Gonzalez and right. You know, someone who is going to be gone, you know, it, and the thing too, is if you let this guy go, where does he go? You know, it, most guys, his size, as soon as they're gone, um, where, have you ever seen Kurgan? <laughs> like, you know yep. what I'm saying? Where does he go? So, We'll see what happens, but I think it was their way of, um, you know, they're, they're trying to do, like you said, strap the rocket to him, But at the same time, I think it's more so to keep Lashley in the fold and be that right. higher movie face.
1: Yeah. And, and did you notice too, really quick, before we pivot to the next one, did you notice how they're, uh, how they're referring to him as the Nigerian giant now? So they're even, they're even adding a, uh, you know, a descriptive, a, a descriptive title. To him so that's one other way That we know that they're serious And if
0: they were smart Get rid of uh, uh, The the Professor Aziz Or whatever the fuck yep. he is Put Apollo Crews With him and now You've got something Alright Edge AJ Styles Holy shit You know Omos and Lashley were Perfectly placed Because yep. you had a five star match and then you had right about a five star, <laughs> star match between these two. So you kind of forget about that middle match, um, bro. I mean,
1: tell, tell me that these two
0: can't do any wrong in the fucking ring,
1: bro. It, and and the thing is, you know, they again, I thought this match was better than their mania match. Exactly. Um, which it it is pretty crazy to consider, but you know, yes there was the the fuckery at the end of the match exactly as there was for for the mania match but realistically speaking you know what they accomplished in the 16 minutes or so that they had um, was a very very solid match um, you had numerous spots where I thought it could you know um, the the calf crusher spot um, that that was pulled off absolutely perfectly um, I, I there was a hint of doubt. Until you saw Damian Priest come down to ringside. Then you knew that Balor was going to come out. And then obviously, this hooded figure gets up on the ring apron and uh, it's revealed to be uh, the internet's uh, worst kept secret, I guess, uh, Rhea Ripley, who was somebody that had been rumored to be aligned with this stable for the last three or four weeks. So, good I, you stuff know, I,
0: and, I, and I wonder if they went. I wonder if they went backwards booking on this, meaning that that was never a thing. It was just that people started saying, oh, Ripley would fit in because she's that type of character. And I think, okay, so the first thing that was smart is that the Priest-Finn stuff didn't do anything to the match. Right. You know, we didn't get that usual, you know, Priest gets in the ring, refs back's turn, blah, blah, blah. So that itself led it to be like, oh, wow, okay, this is going to be, you know, a little different. Then you get a black cloaked figure who absolutely, for one of the best costuming I've seen for a person, you know, draped all in black, because you couldn't fucking tell if it was a man or a woman. And by them referring to it as he, 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 to see the reveal was great. Now, Ultimately,
1: I, I, I noticed, I noticed right when, uh, right when Saxton just continually throughout the he pronoun, I was like, all right, okay. So it's Rhea Ripley. Well, at, the, at that point I was just like, it, it because it, it, it seemed almost heavy handed to me. Well, and, and any of us
0: who are over the age of 10 years old or 15 years old, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think it's those kids who are watching the product who had no idea were going to be surprised the people who aren't you know spending their lives on the internet and that's what it's for but this brings up an interesting question we now know that we have a three man or men and women team on edge's side and we've got what looks like it's going to be finn and aj who's the third person to balance that out with ria
1: it's going to be Liv morgan all right, I'll take that. However,
0: there's someone who was just taken off of NXT TV that I think would fit into a Bullet Club mold perfectly. Io Shirai. Because be didn't Eo beat Rhea for the title before she left? Yeah. NXT? I think that's who we see, and I think that... You're gonna see that because Bullet Club is, is so used now. I think, and then we you know, we see the signal on Monday night between Finn and uh, and AJ. I think they kind of go that way. So it, I'd like it live though. That's a that's a great thing to throw out there, but it right now it's so obvious that I say throw an EO, and now you've got a great you know, three on three rivalry going on. That leads us into this fucking... Wow. Uh, Speaking of matches that were better than the WrestleMania match...
1: Yeah, no shit. Fuck. (laughs) Wow. Unreal. Um,
0: Man, first of all, I don't know the last time I've seen kendo sticks
1: break that hard. Oh, my God. Jesus. They were were giving each other receipts left and right, bro.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, it seemed like at some point you honestly thought that Charlotte was actually in fucking pain in that arm. bar. Oh yeah. The the arm bar off the fucking top rope. And she's literally holding Rousey's weight with her fucking arm. I mean, that's how strong Charlotte is. So it's kind of just crazy, but uh, Jesus, that counter uh, Charlotte's counter to uh, the, when she was going for the Piper's pit, was the first time I think I've ever seen an i rake used in like the most proper manner because it, it was a no DQ. It was not coin match. So that I rake and it looked fucking brutal. Like, yeah, that's a counter to that move. Um, Man, the ring post toss on that too was, was crazy. The fans won at tables. Uh, yep. Maybe we'll get that, you know, maybe we'll see a TLC match or something
1: down the line. Um, and Pat Matt I, I, I was so happy that they didn't give him tables though. it was great. yeah, it was great because they were they were they were just chanting for tables almost from the beginning of the of the match. and then they <laughs> no, no tables for you. you ain't getting shit. It was great and And unlike, you know, one of the
0: things I always bring up with aew is that it's blood, blood, blood. and it seems like blood is used to sell this as more violent, more vicious. Those two women beat the fuck out of each other. And the most vicious thing that they were saying was bitch to each other. And that was it. Like you didn't have any, you know, bloody messes or whatever, but you still had them going into the fucking crowd looking like at any moment, um, you know, they could go, you know, smack into fans. There was no security there, which was interesting too my favorite spot in all of wrestling a drink to the face because you know <laughs> that has to be done. And Pat McAfee, man, uh, kudos for him, uh, throwing out the line. Is that the fiend in the front row? Yes. With that little <laughs> short kid with that. Bro, funny- I,
1: I, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I heard him say that and I'm like, Oh shit. He just got, he, I guarantee Vince is in his ear.
0: The only guy who could get away with saying shit like that is Pat McAfee. Yeah. And, and it makes it that much more entertaining. Um, before we get into the next match, we had a little promo. Okay. 2019, Cody Rhodes comes to Vegas and announces AEW and double or nothing in the uh, little nice setting. It, it looked good, it was impressive. They put him in the middle of fucking Allegiant Stadium. And it's fucking like it, it almost is like they said, well, how can we show we're a bigger product? Oh, we'll take the guy who started theirs and we'll put him in the middle of a fucking field, have him mention the Raiders, have him mention SummerSlam, have him mention Garth Brooks, show the Rolling Stones, show fucking Metallica. But the twist here he said for the money in the bank for the first time it's ever been said where one male and one female will win the chance to main event wrestlemania
1: it was said in the promo so so here's here's the thing you have you have the bougie peacock subscription i do not so i did not get this promo got you so yeah. This was, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I cheaped out on the, uh, the $5 Peacock subscription. Um, so yeah, unfortunately I didn't see this, so I'm going to have to go check this out, uh, after we're done recording.
0: Yeah, it was, it was an impressive promo dude. Uh, and then if it, it finishes after they, they say, you know, uh, ba- uh, money in the bank, uh, you know, July, whatever. And it cuts back to Cody and he just simply looks at the camera and goes. Do you want to get lucky? It was fucking brilliant. It was nice. one of the best promos I've seen um, for them wow. promoting a show. All right. Next match we had Madcap Moss defeating Happy Corbin. Um, I was actually – I thought it was going to fucking suck. And you know what? Moss looks As like – yeah, I mean, Moss looks like he's going to get pushed. It looks like he's he was on the pre show. Um, he can talk, he yeah. Feeling they're going to go with him uh, a little harder, especially too. Boogs is down, and Boogs and Madcap are the same guy, you know, body wise, look wise. Yep. I hope when Boogs comes back, put them together as a team. That would be great. Uh, but One of the things that I I thought, or two of the things, uh, first of all, Corbin did a suntan. Like I I never saw that coming from, uh, but what I really liked was (laughs) Corbin sold the end of the match. Like he was down on his luck again. He looked like he was broke again and it was the perfect sell. Um, yeah. Did you find anything in the match that made you go, you know, that this was more than a B minus type
1: of match? I I actually I thought that the Bobby Lashley Omos match was actually better than this match. There you Um, go. This 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 was my worst match on the show. But uh, I will say this: uh, shout out to uh, Pat McAfee on commentary for inadvertently referring to Happy Corbin as the big dog, and then. Verbally correcting himself and going into like a two-minute conversation with Michael Cole about why Roman Reigns would be pissed off that they that he equated them together. So well, that
0: was that, was that was Vince in his ear. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that was and, fucking
0: great. It's and but what, I mean, elsewhere, you know,
1: it, it it is what it is. I mean, um, I am happy that they're that they're pushing you know new faces. Uh, that's what we've been talking about and giving them shit about for not doing so now they're finally doing something the only thing that i would hope is that they give madcap moss a wardrobe change give him some different attire because you know there's realistically you know if you still want to have him doing the the cringy you know terrible joke gimmick that's fine but there needs to be more of a differentiation between him as a heel and him as a baby face. Um, yeah. So they need to change his gear uh, that that needs to happen ASAP.
0: And, and my, and my first instinct is um, quite honestly, his next feud, it should be him and Butch. <laughs> I think that would be a great little, uh, you know, like
1: fucking suspenders on a pole match. Yeah,
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, get into it. Bloodline defeating Drew and uh, RK Bro. Wow, um, for for a night with only seven matches, four of those matches were fucking incredible.
1: I agree completely, cool. and I, I I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and quite frankly, even the this this match, the main, took a little bit to get going for my yeah. for my liking um it 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 was a little bit slow in the start but uh then when they picked up the pace on things showed a little bit more urgency um that definitely increased the the quality of the match and uh kind of hooked me in a little bit more so yeah definitely um definitely a lot better ending than what it was in the beginning of that match for sure
0: Yeah, especially that spot where the table broke and then you had flying bodies going all over the place. Yep. Um, that pickup to the end was was wonderful. It didn't make Drew look any less, and that was the main goal here. Um, you knew uh, Riddle was the perfect person to, to eat. Exactly. That. Um, exactly. So, you know, everything that was done in there was great. I also think that this was the match that, I think was the match to go against what you would think probably would have happened. You know, yep. it was, it was, don't give the, the faces, the, the win here, give the bloodline the win. And, um, you know, we'll obviously we're going to see Roman and Drew now go into the program. Hell um, and, so. and we'll see what happens with the, uh, the tag titles. Um, this might be a hint that there won't be a unification yeah. or or maybe they'll be unified at SummerSlam um, or, you know, coming up here within a month or two. So it uh, could even be money at the bank. So we'll see what happens there. Um, that was uh, Backlash. Uh, we'll get in really quick here. NXT spring break. I'm going to tell you right now a couple highlights. The triple threat that kicked off the match for the North American title. Cameron Grimes, he retains the belt. Carmelo Hayes, uh, Solo Sequoia. I'm telling you, those three guys are three of the fucking best right now. So good. The match was was fluid. Um, you know, a lot of times when the matches go to picture-on-picture, picture, it, it kind of loses – you kind of lose a little bit of interest. That match kept it um, – the, the The best is yet to come from those three guys. Wendy Chu and Roxanne fucking around with toxic attraction was one of my favorite things this week. Um Mandy Rose in The Tanning Bed that was fucking amazing.
1: Attempted uh, murder.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it but it was attempted murder in the style of Revenge of the Nerds. Right. Where you can get away with shit just because it's the nerds getting back at the popular people. So, you know, fun shit during, you know, to to kind of intertwine throughout. But another thing that they did with vignettes this week that was impressive was the sit down between Legata del Fantasma and Tony D'Angelo's family. I thought that was done very well, very well. And then the setup to them abducting A.J. Galante at the end was so nice. This should be a very entertaining feud between uh, both factions. That should be great. And then we got Braun. He beats Gacy. He looks strong. But there's two hooded disciples that appear on the apron with their faces covered in red. Breaker doesn't see them. And he continues looking at the camera as they fade out and end the show. So we got a cliffhanger. Which you never really see cliffhangers when it comes to people who just kind of show up
1: what now did 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 you did you hear what happened after the the show no, ended no what happened they uh, they uh, yet again yet fucking again bron gets abducted by these hooded figures dude seriously they need to do something about the security in and around that building Seriously, every week, somebody's getting abducted.
0: Hey, you know, when you think back to WCW and the NWO, and you think that at MGM there, when they were filming it, um, that uh, when uh, Ray got lawn darted into the truck and all that shit, and people were literally calling the fucking police to get down there. (laughs) No fans have called the fucking Orlando cops. What's going on, Orlando? You've Amen. got people in cloaks fucking around Orlando now all the time. Fucking call the cops, people, please. But that you know that was the highlights of Spring Break, and um, you know, again, decent, entertaining show. Um, but uh, we'll move on for you, Steve. What do we see here? Uh, AW Dynamite and Rampage, brother.
1: <sighs> all right, so uh, to kick off Dynamite, Bobby Fish uh, took on Jeff Hardy uh, in an Owen Hart foundation tournament qualifying match um decent match pretty solid match i will say this jeff is starting to show his age and showing that he is in a lot of pain at this point unfortunately um so uh, hardy picked up the win uh after the match the young bucks came down to the ring and dare i say they probably were expecting a bigger response than what they got because the Young Bucks and the hardies stand across from each other, and there's a little reaction, but not nearly the, oh, shit, this is going to happen type of a, of a reaction that they were looking for. So I'm sure that we're going to be getting that match here in Vegas at Double or Nothing. Um, so at least I hope to God we do, because that match just needs to hurry up and get here. <sighs>
0: Yeah, before Father Time interferes with the match.
1: Yeah, no shit, man. It's not not always the best. Um, after that, we had the uh, a piece of the William Regal vignette uh, airing where, um, dude, if you have not seen this vignette, do yourself a favor, go on to the YouTube uh, channel for AEW and just take a look and sit down and enjoy this. Um, it's a scars promo. And one of the lines that sticks with me is, uh, Regal says, if you gave 99 people out of a hundred, a knife, 99 people would stab the person that they can't stand the most in this world, but we would slice their face so that they would wake up every morning and be reminded of it. Holy shit. I fucking love it. So yeah, more of that, please. Uh, and then that obviously segued in um Blackpool Combat Club destroying the uh Andrade family office. This this time the uh job squad consisted of Angelico or as Regal called him on commentary, Angelico uh or Angelico, um, and then the butcher and the blade. So yeah eight minute match. I mean, these guys just, you know, it's a good back and forth. And then all of a sudden it just isn't anymore. And they just, I don't know, flip a switch and they just go crazy and beat the shit out of whoever. Can, so. can we,
0: can we just be honest too? Andrade is a total fucking bust. I'm sorry. And just compare him to Santos and uh, you know, what they've been doing with that faction in NXT I don't know, man. Um Andrade, make sure Charlotte never leaves you.
1: Yeah. Facts. Facts. You uh we had we had Wardlow versus W. Morrissey, or as he was referred to William Morrissey, uh, by MJF. So uh yeah, typical 80s mean guy match. Uh W. Morrissey got about I'd say 80% of the offense in this match. Um, the thing that stood out to me was that it took one power bomb to dispatch yeah. him one. So the internet kind of went crazy as to reasons why it was only one and not four. Um, some people saying that they didn't, they didn't feel that impact wanted to allow him to be buried, thus power four times and basically destroyed. I get that, but still, it only took one. You could have had well, him take two. You know, Steve, it's just
0: plain bad booking, and you can't teach that.
1: Nope. Facts. Um, elsewhere, I mean, there was a, uh, you know, Hangman Hangman Page, um, CM Punk type of a promo. We're getting this match going, and uh, yeah, yeah you can't tell me that this wasn't heel promo by, by hangman, Adam page. This was a heel promo by, by Adam page. Yeah. I mean, he called out fans in the audience. He singled out fans in the audience wearing CM punk shirts. Yeah. So he is going to be playing the heel heading into this match at double or nothing. Yeah. And uh, it would not surprise me in the slightest. If we uh, saw a title change. So
0: uh yeah I think that we're headed that way and does that end up being uh you know Adam Page you got to look at you got to go 3 years probably the most disappointing person on the roster because he had so much upside when they first started he went through such a bad like You know, just kerfuffle of different, you know, now you're a drunk, now you're friends with the dork squad, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, and now you beat Kenny Omega and you're the champ. And the only reason that you have any kind of over is because you use the word shit to refer to the promo stuff. And it's just like, yeah, fuck, man. Yeah. I think he got really royally screwed. And um, it's either he just is not that level. Or, um, you know, I know it's great to be with your friends, but do you try to go elsewhere and see what, a, a company like WWE could potentially do for
1: you? We'll see, man. Um, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but, uh, I mean, elsewhere on the show, there were some not good things. There were some definitely not good things. This, uh I, I feel terrible for Brian Pillman Jr. Because this guy's cutting a promo. No one gives a flying fuck about his promo in this arena. I mean, you could yeah. hear a fucking pin drop. Yeah. And, you know, then he does fire up, calls out the House of Black. Can we just end this fucking bullshit? Then at the end of this, Julia Hart and her terrible acting stands over Griff Garrison with a chair. Not sure whether or not she's going to hit him with it. And then she fucking doesn't and she stands there paralyzed in fear. They rip off the the, uh, the eye patch as if we don't fucking know what's under that shit. It's, it's the same shit that Malachi black has under his fucking face, but we'll never know because her hand went straight over her eye because
0: why should we reveal
1: we, we got to stretch this bullshit on longer, whatever, man. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Phoenix did uh, defeat Dante Martin to get advance into the Owen Hart tournament in a very solid high-spot match that, quite frankly, outside of the BCC, was the, uh, the major high-spot of the show. And then we had the ROH Women's Unification Championship match, which no one in the arena gave a shit about. Man. It was... It, these ladies did... Yeah outside of the first couple of minutes where they seemingly had no sense of urgency. Once they finally got, you know, got the ball rolling with this match, it was pretty solid. It was very solid, but uh, you have Mercedes Martinez on, on TV as somebody who's only been on your show a handful of times and she's lost every single match, every single match. I don't think that she's ever won on TV. And so she's challenging for a championship. Against somebody who's never been on AEW TV, so the fans have zero, zero emotional attachment to either competitor in this match. Yeah, it's it was doomed. It was doomed for failure. That match should have been the main event of hour one. You should have main, main evented with the Blackpool Combat Club. You should have main evented with the Dante Martin uh, Ray Phoenix match. Whatever, yeah. but terrible placement. And it suffered. Um, Mercedes Martinez is your ROH women's champion.
0: Yeah. And and, and again, um, you know, this comes into play, this, this just odd balance of having to do ROH matches on your AEW TV. Um, dude, uh, we were talking the other day, and obviously my feeling is uh, just start ROH on a stream, you know, just on your YouTube or whatever. Just start it like that. And I know you got stars like Joe. I know you got someone like Mercedes Martinez. But those people are going to be there to develop these younger, you know, talent as they grow that brand. It just makes me think there there is no fucking plan in place. He didn't think about it. He wanted the content. He got the content. It was get it before Vince gets it.
1: Yep. That's exactly it.
0: So, um, and, and it's a shame. Mar- Mar- uh, Mercedes Martinez um, is one of the best out there um has yeah. been for years and oh, yeah. Deanna Purrazzo, um even though uh you know she's got a long way still to go is at least showing that going onto a big platform like this and then getting beaten by a woman who is more so towards that end of the career is just not a good look and yeah. they already beat Morrissey. early on in the day now you beat another impact person once again impact i don't know why they have this masochistic bond to just get their fucking asses handed to them by aew on television
1: the only thing that i can figure with that is that they want their brand out there and they don't give a shit they just they just want impact wrestling out there and (laughs)
0: or or they really are they're really like, hey, look, we will job to you until you buy this fucking company. Somebody
1: please, please work with us. Just please work with us. <laughs> we need to be on TV somehow. Because yeah. God knows, you know, access is not. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Not anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elsewhere. Just um, so obviously that was Dynamite Rampage. Um, If you if you are a fan of women's wrestling, Go and watch the 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 women's tag team match with Doctor Britt Baker and Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Um, this match gave me a lot of optimism for the women's division, and that if they actually allow them to you know do their thing, that they can, you know, build a good women's division. But I'll tell you, man, it's uh, it's crazy. It We, we talk so much about them having everything asked backwards with their women's division and then something, you know, a a throwaway tag team match on rampage, um, which, you know, they make this big deal about women, um, kicking off the show. Okay. Well, that's normally because it's the whole Saturday night live bump, you know, um, Saturday night's main event bump where, you know, the, the rating is high at the very beginning of the show. And then it just goes, you know, de escalates the entire right. rest of the night. Um, So it, but the problem is this episode aired at 2.30 PM in the afternoon here on the West Coast. Yes. So there <laughs> is no advantage to them kicking off the show.
0: There might've been no advantage for them having the show period hey, in some much. sense
1: yeah so but yeah that match was very very solid i would highly recommend if you are a fan of women's wrestling uh or if you're looking to see you know what they could do if they actually gave them time go watch that
0: yeah yes um absolutely um anything else uh catch your eye uh this week uh, from AEW slash ROH slash New Japan, because they all seem to be one company now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that I'll mention is that, uh, you know, there are quite a few things going on right now, a lot of moving pieces. Um, we'll actually talk a, in, uh, here in a bit about um, the working relationship with Wheeler Yuta uh, entering the Best of the Super Juniors tournament for New Japan. Um, also, we'll talk about the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door uh, event selling out in under an hour, uh, which is massive, uh, selling out the United Center in under an hour. Um, but elsewhere, uh, talking about ROH, um, Jay Lethal and uh, Kanesuke Takashita. Tek- uh, uh, on rampage um they had a very solid match and i was i was were extremely worried that they were gonna use jay lethal to put you know takeshida over and they did not they had a very solid match back and forth um but yeah lethal won with the lethal injection and that guy is just fluid in the ring like he, the, the way right. that he executed that move in that match in particular was smooth. And yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see what all they're going to do with lethal, uh, whether it's in ring of honor, whether it's in, you know, um, AEW proper, whether it's on any of their shows. Um, I, I think that they are finally getting the gears going with that.
0: Yeah. It's going to be able uh, you know, a very, uh, interesting, um, proposal in terms of, I think that at this point, lethal is at that point where um, he's, he's kind of where Chris Daniels was when AEW started. And we're going to see that, you know, Jay's basically this contract is going to be that kind of nice cherry on top of the career, um, get a little exposure, get some storylines, but work with the younger guys um, really kind of get some exposure to those guys and hopefully end up in like an aging po- position or or something along those lines um, so that he can you know have some kind of behind the- scenes job for another you know decade or so um, and he's a great guy to have behind the scenes so um, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see what they do not only with Jay but you got you know Joe Mercedes Martinez who we talked about um, you know a number of these you um, another of these people who are going to transfer from, you know, being um, these bigger stars to now kind of winding down the careers and hopefully nurturing some of the younger talent into positions where they can, uh, you know, gladly uh, go on and be successful in the wrestling industry. And uh, there you have it uh, this week uh, with uh, what was going on with uh, the, Pay-per-view with Backlash. I'm sorry, the premium live event of uh, WWE's uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, A little bit of NXT, a little bit of AEW. And uh, that takes care of Wrestling Talk for this week. Uh, We'll be back again live streaming next week. Uh, Usually at this time, we uh, live stream three counts. Tonight, we uh, are going to take a little break from three counts. Uh, We won't be live streaming, but uh, on Tuesday, uh, you'll be able to catch a uh, little new thing we're trying out. Uh, and uh, yeah, we hope that uh, it gets your uh, juices flowing. Uh, if you kind of like a little uh, banter back and forth and a little competitive argument and, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, see, um, you know, who, who has the, the, the point that you agree with. Uh, overall between myself and Steve. Uh, so, uh, be on the lookout Tuesday for the release of, uh, Sin City and Michael's Talking Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> see what we did there? Huh? But until then, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, If you're uh, listening on the podcast, um, again, subscribe, share, let your friends know. Uh, And uh, if you're watching, uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week with an actual host who is coherent in uh, DJ Impact. So uh, until then, everybody, we'll uh, see you guys next week. biggest bad boys of podcasting.